You're listening to the Future Tech Health Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Until I reached age 40, I never realized the obvious, that we all have medical issues, or we at least have a family member or close relation that had, has, or will have them in the future. Medicine and biological systems are the final frontier. Until we've conquered death, figured out how life began, cured cancer, and understood our purpose in the universe, there's a heck of a lot to talk about when it comes to our health. Future Tech Health means I'll be covering futuristic topics that are actually already in clinical trials or even starting to appear on shelves or by prescription or available for your own use. We dive deep into stem cells, CRISPR-Cas9, the science of sleep, epigenetics, medical testing, cancer, ketogenic diets, stem cells, aging, regenerative medicine, and more. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a serious medical problem. Remember, however, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you enjoy the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and share it with friends. Thank you. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech Podcast, and I have uh, Ray Dogum. He's the head of his own podcast called Health Unchained, and he focuses on blockchain and how it's being used in the uh, healthcare field. So very interesting. Ray, thank you for being here. Richard, thank you for having me on the show. I've been a, a listener for a while, so thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. So why, uh, why healthcare and why blockchain in healthcare? You know, unfortunately, it usually means the, the person's had health problems themselves, but hopefully that's not the case with you. What, what's your backstory on it? I mean, I would say like everyone has their own personal experiences in the healthcare industry, just navigating through a hospital visit or dealing with someone who, you know, has been diagnosed with a serious illness and just going through that process of collecting information, um, helping them navigate different providers and organizing insurance information and just getting all that paperwork done. I don't think anyone loves that process. Um, but the way I feel or the way that I'm seeing the industry as it grows is that there's opportunity for better interoperability, better communication amongst different companies and different industry, uh, like silos of, of uh, I guess, data banks that we have now. And mm-hmm. that can't, in my view, I don't think it could be done unless we use some sort of distributed system to not only align uh, the interests in the data, but also the financial interests and in the incentives, financial incentives um, in the healthcare field. It's weird. I mean, my health records are probably in 20 different places. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm in my 40s. Anyone in their 40s, 50s, 60s, I mean, they're never going to get most of their healthcare data. It's all over the place. It's, right. I mean, it's hard to get. It makes you wonder, first, why isn't this stuff all in one common database? <laughs> where it's accessible by the person whose health data it is. Well, there is a good answer for that. I think um, until, you know, recent technology like blockchain, uh, we couldn't really, you know, we needed to protect that data separately because of HIPAA compliance laws. So every organization or provider, health organization, they wanted to keep their patient's information held securely. And if one patient's information was you know, loaded onto a single database that everyone used, you know, a breach into that database could mean, you know, a huge uh, loss of patient information and that can be leaked into the internet. So 
um, having them in silos kind of prevents some one person from accessing all of a person's health information at the same time. So they'll have to go all the multiple silos. Um, but again, that makes it really hard for the patient and it makes it really hard for the provider as well, because the provider is probably working with limited information about the patient um, that can cause, you know, um, misdiagnoses or just misinformation to the patient as well. So, you know, I, I started, you know, looking at blockchain as a solution. And the way I saw it was I knew this technology is going to take many, many years for actual adoption to occur. So I realized, you know, being in healthcare myself, I work for a company called American Well. It's a telehealth company. I'm a project manager there where I actually help health systems implement telehealth solutions. And, you know, just speaking to the folks there, speaking at, you know, to people at many different conferences and just kind of like networking, I realized healthcare has a huge problem with trust. And the promise of blockchain and distributed ledger technology is to create a trusted relationship with people without having to necessarily trust, um, you know, who they are exactly. So you can trust that the data that you own will be continuously owned by you and only accessible by you. And in a way, if someone wants to access it, you can give them permission to do that. But, you know, you would be able to see whether or not they did access it or not. And this is just like a theoretical, like a single workflow that I'm talking about. There are many different implementations of blockchain. Um, currently, there are, sure. you know, I've interviewed over 40 companies already in the space on my podcast. Um, started about a year ago. And yeah. But you know what's the nice thing? Like compared to Bitcoin, right? Mm-hmm. Someone would have an incentive to break into your Bitcoin wallet and steal your stuff because it's fungible. It's worth a mm-hmm. lot of money. There's very little incentive for 99% of the people in the world for someone to steal your health data. It's not really worth much. You know, so uh, blockchain has great security. But even so, there's, I would think there's very little danger of someone wanting to steal your health records. You know, if you're a politician, okay, or a movie star or a really high net worth person. But then you can always charge that person more for added layers of security if they need. But for the average person, who cares if, you know, who cares if they steal part of my data and they know I had, uh, you know, a sinus infection three times in the past four years? I mean, how's that going to help them? So I would think no, I that hear- this is a, a, a no-brainer solution. The blockchain would be great at it. Yeah. So what we're talking about now is um, medical records on the blockchain kind of um, application. And that's just one of the applications. And I agree with you. For most people, it doesn't matter too much. But you never know. A person you know, could become famous in the future, and then their p- previous health records could be used against them, for example. Um, and you know, another thing is the, vet, the data itself has some value, too. If you think about what pharmaceutical companies do is they purchase de-identified health data in order to um, try to identify better drugs to, you know, to use for specific um, types of illnesses. That's an example there. Um, right, but the nature of blockchain is that data is in little mini vaults. Mm-hmm. You know, if I have my health data and it's at, you know, a whole bunch of different addresses, I mean, good luck cracking one, much less five, 10, 20 of them. So, I mean, you could set it up in a way where it, it would be so unworth it for someone to crack X numbers of addresses to get your health data as to be, I think, a great solution. And then me as the owner of my own data, I could monetize it pretty easily and kind of flip the table, flip the script on it, where the data now is valuable to me and I can make money from it. You know, right. I can choose to share it. 
and monetize it. So it, exactly. Exactly. You know, and here's I think, a blockchain. This seems like a great solution. Right. And it'll continue to be more valuable as the technology improves. For example, genetic information, your genetic data is valuable to you. It can be, you know, used in many applications. Um, you know, companies seek that data. It's valuable to them as well. But right now, we don't really have ownership of it. There are companies trying to create that sort of business model where the person owns their own data and they can monetize it themselves. Um, one company I actually interviewed uh, was Nebula Genomics. Um, they're actually based here in Boston, or at least they were founded here for sure in Harvard. And um, you know, I would say that what they're doing is pretty interesting, and they're allowing people to do a whole genome sequencing on their, you know, they spit into a little vial, they get that sequence, and then they can look for certain types of studies that are being done that are in line with their DNA. And then they could basically collect some funding for participating in that study. Um, so they might have to answer a few questions, or they might have to provide additional samples of whatever. Um, but it allows the person to kind of participate in science, really, and be monet, you know, be compensated for that time and effort as well. So, uh, why is uh, why is blockchain not being adopted here? What do you see as the stumbling blocks? Is it well, political? <laughs> is it technology? Is it economic? I mean, what what are the issues? Yeah, there's multiple issues. Um, one thing is in healthcare, most technology takes a long time to become adopted. Uh, as I said, I work for a telehealth uh, technology provider, American Well, and um, you know. Telehealth might seem like a great idea to us right now, you know, having a conversation with your doctor over a video chat versus having to go many miles, perhaps just to do a consultation. Um, that makes sense to us, right? But there are still barriers for that to happen. Different states have different laws. Um, but again, I think the state of telehealth now is pretty good. Uh, but again, this has been, telehealth has been part of the ecosystem for over 10 years. It's just now becoming more embraced. So um, that's just an example of technology taking time in healthcare. And I think for blockchain, it's even more complicated because you're introducing potentially tokens or things, things of value like coins and uh, crypto. Well, you don't coins. have to, you don't have, you to. don't have to necessarily, right. You don't have to, but a lot of times there you can use tokens to actually incentivize different behaviors that you're looking for. Um, so I would say that the companies that are leveraging blockchain without tokens or coins might have better success, at least initially, for mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that the incentives that come with tokenization of things and behavior is important in the whole blockchain space overall. Um, it would make it better, sure. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, if I, if I have, uh, if you link it, let's say, to insurance and I can be incentivized, you know, my premium will be reduced uh, $1 a month for each token I earn because I demonstrate that I'm walking 10,000 steps a day, that kind of thing, mm -hmm. or I'm eating this or not eating that, you know, all that gamification and incentivization is great with tokens, but mm -hmm. it seems like the first thing is uh, at least give people a choice. Am I more worried about being misdiagnosed and killed, you know, or uh, getting sicker or not getting treated because my data is in 84 different places and I can't get to it? Or am I worried about a hacker maybe getting it and, you know, or not being able to monetize it myself? Like, I think people should have that choice and they don't. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good point. Um, I mean, it is still pretty new in the healthcare space. So like, for example, there, there are, you know, a few dozen 
good companies, in my opinion, that are out there now, like actually gaining some market traction and people are uh, partnering with them to do trials and testing. So I think there is a bright future ahead. Um, organizations like Hashed Health is really helping to educate people on a lot of these issues and a lot of these types of applications. Provider credentialing is another important or you know maybe even one of the first applications that will become adopted, I think. And um, multiple companies are attempting that as well. Um, and many of them aren't even using uh, like tokens that gain value either. It's just more like a distributed ledger technology without tokens. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there, there are lots of potential out there. The reason it's not being adopted right now is it's very new. It's a strange thing. And it's probably the same reason blockchain is not being adopted everywhere or immediately or how Bitcoin still is, um, you know, gaining traction, but not, you know, massly used, you know, not everybody is using it. Right, right. Well, what's, I mean, being on the inside somewhat and knowing the industry and doing a podcast and now talking to, you know, dozens of companies, I'm sure will grow into the hundreds over time. I mean, now what's, what's your perception of the industry? Is it, is it getting there? You know, how many years until we've got my medical data is on some kind of blockchain and I can see it all and maybe monetize it? And what, what do you think is going to happen and when and what are the steps? Yeah, I mean, I think the steps now are really about education. I think a lot of small companies, these startups are trying to pursue pilot projects, which is great. And it's part of the education process. Um, you'll have innovators and leaders in innovation actually using are trying to use blockchain in their existing operations but i think that'll take at least two to three years to actually be widespread i don't think you'll have your medical records on the blockchain for at least another three to five years that's how i'm seeing it um but i could be wrong and i hope i'm wrong but uh based on the trends that i'm seeing it's this is going to be a slow process it's going to change the way we look at security uh, privacy and yeah it's going to put the onus and responsibility back on the patient's end versus having to rely on the providers for maintaining that um, secure and private records mm. all right yeah. and then uh you know if you want we can talk a little bit about your uh your podcast you know we talked about the subject of it but uh i don't know I, you know every, occasionally people ask me you know why do you do a podcast and what do you get out of it so you want to yeah. talk about yours a little bit uh, i'll ask some of those same questions like what prompted you to start it you know, first Absolutely. of all? Yeah, so I was, the reason I started the podcast and the reason I thought it would be a good idea was I was personally very interested in, you know, improving healthcare as an industry overall. And, you know, I did an MBA where my focus was on the healthcare industry and I kept running into the same problem. People were spending a lot of time and effort trying to validate information or data and it was just, you know, people running in circles. And I realized blockchain seems to be a great solution. But no one was really talking about blockchain and healthcare that much. There were a few companies at the time. And, you know, Hashed Health was one of the companies that were around when I thought about the idea. And they were part of my inspiration. And I realized, okay, well, I want to learn as much as I can about this. And that means I have to talk to a lot of people. And maybe instead of just talking to those people and, you know, benefiting Myself, I can actually benefit the entire community. The whole idea behind blockchain or the ethos behind it is really about community and how you can have multiple parties trusting in the same uh, network, really. 
And I thought, okay, well, I think that this is going to be a big thing and you know, in the future. So let me start these interviews with CEOs of healthcare and blockchain companies and see what happens and see what kind of traction I get and who's interested in it. And since I started, I've been at a few conferences. Um, I'll be, you know, speaking at a conference actually in October as well, October 15th. Um, that's the Conv2x conference in Boston. And, um, you know, it's just been great meeting a lot of new people, learning about what they're working on. And yeah, that's kind of how I got into it, really. Yeah, yeah, I can tell you, I mean, you probably know this, but, you know, after a while, if you talk to enough people, um, I, you know, and I'm not saying it's derogatory, but I, I feel like I've got like a, a bird's eye view of the industry. I can see all the players, where they're going, what they're doing. And yeah. it just allows you to, you know, choose the spot in the industry that you want to be in and just have a better sense of all the possibilities. And that's what I found by doing it. It's like ants in an ant farm. I can see what, you know, hashed health is doing and this ant is building this tunnel and what's this one doing. That's the perspective I've gotten from. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's it's been really eye-opening um, how companies talk about blockchain. And some companies I can, you know, after my interview, I'm like, I don't think that your business model is sustainable. I, you know, I might mm-hmm. not tell them that right away, but I might be thinking it just based on my previous conversations with people. Um, and again, like I, I really do hope that everyone I talk to is successful in what they're doing. Um, but I think that there's so much complexity in this industry. And if they don't have you know, a healthcare background or any experience in implementing new technology in healthcare, uh, it's very difficult to get into it. Um, so yeah. You know, you're right. Having that bird eye view is super useful. Yeah, you also hear a lot of, uh, again, a lot of different angles and possibilities that you may not have thought of. Oh, yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. I didn't know you could. That's interesting to do that with healthcare. Hmm, maybe I can incorporate that into what I'm doing. Or you hear someone that's just a really great explainer of a thing, a real good simplifier. Yeah. So it makes total sense. And you can, okay, that's a good way. I'll explain it that way from now on. That's, that's some of the other benefits that I've gotten from doing it and I made a lot of friends and contacts you, know, you get the everyone knows you if you're <laughs> friendly and people like you and then it makes yeah. it easier to be in an industry anyway as well that's totally true and like me my personality I do love meeting new people talking to them and networking at different events and just like you know making friends with people I think that is part of the reason I did this I love talking <laughs> and especially about this topic it's very fascinating to me and I truly do think it's going to change the way we not only view healthcare as an industry, but the way we view our health or the way we, you know, experience in life, really. That's how, that's how I see it. And one thing to also note, I did have a, you know, a previous podcast before I started Health Unchained, which I started with a few um, classmates of mine at Boston University during my NBA. And that one is called Positive Feedback Loop. It's not about blockchain or healthcare. It's kind of open-ended we just talk about almost kind of like random subjects um but we are very different in our approaches or how we think about the world really uh so it creates kind of like conflicts and clashes in our conversations so i think it is a stimulating um uh, podcast as well so i encourage your listeners to check that out if they're interested and it's not ten- yeah. technical at all so it's pretty fun uh, it's called positive feedback loop okay and uh yeah what What's your goal now over the next year or a couple of years? What do you hope to happen with the podcast and with uh, blockchain and healthcare itself? Yeah, I mean, the goal for me right now is really to just keep generating more content and um, hopefully make a reputation for myself where I 
can be a trusted source for kind of information on the industry and, um, you know, grow in that way. I would like to build a community around my podcast. So having a, you know, all these guests that have been on the show, there many of them are also in my Telegram community. Um, so we have conversations online and anyone is welcome to join that. It is public as well. So I just continue to try to grow that and hopefully people will realize like the true impact this can have on the world. Um, so yeah, I'm just very encouraged by all of that. And I encourage people to, you know, get out there and try to learn a little bit about it. I think it's like, you know, it's going to affect you one way or the other. Everyone is affected by healthcare in one way or another. Yeah, that's true. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> at first we're affected in a good way. And then it, uh, you know, in the end we're affected in the ultimate way. But <laughs> Right. Right. So, all right. Well, well, so what's yeah? What are some resources for listeners so they can list, listen to your old podcast, your new podcast? I mean, what what are a few resources for people to follow up with you? Yeah, I mean, I'm on LinkedIn for sure. Uh, just search Ray Dogum on LinkedIn, and I'm also I have a website, healthunchained.org. You can check out. Um, and yeah, just feel free to reach out through to me through LinkedIn is probably the best way. Okay. Well, Ray, thanks for coming. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, Richard. You're listening to the Future Tech Health Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Until I reached age 40, I never realized the obvious, that we all have medical issues, or we at least have a family member or close relation that had, has, or will have them in the future. Medicine and biological systems are the final frontier. Until we've conquered death, figured out how life began, cured cancer, and understood our purpose in the universe, there's a heck of a lot to talk about when it comes to our health. Future Tech Health means I'll be covering futuristic topics that are actually already in clinical trials, or even starting to appear on shelves, or by prescription, or available for your own use. We dive deep into stem cells, CRISPR-Cas9, the science of sleep, epigenetics, medical testing, cancer, ketogenic diets, stem cells, aging, regenerative medicine, and more. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a serious medical problem. Remember, however, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you enjoyed the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and share it with friends. Thank you.